Welcome back, viewers. I've been playing a lot of Disney Orcana, mostly online through the Pixelborn system, but I wanted to share a lot of what I've learned uh, over the past couple weeks. So I decided let's make a new uh, a new video format, and we're going to call it Meta Mondays with the mount. So before the game launches, uh, as we get new cards and we see new cards being played both on um, our own content creation or other content creators' uh, streams or their videos, we'll gain ideas as well as playing on various online platforms as well as proxies. So we get an idea of what's going on. I do want to throw a disclaimer out there. I mean, obviously, I know as of this recording, we only have 97 cards, um, but I still think this represents an opportunity to learn and grow. Uh, with with the game, you can still take a lot out of this information. Um, and most of our games are being played on Pixelborn, which is a um, an online system to play Lorcana currently. Um, it just allows us to grind a lot of games and see a lot of different players and what they're playing as well. We're like I said, we're using other content creators and you know watching a lot of videos and what they're playing and what they're playing against. So we have a pretty good idea of what's being played out there. I'm not here to say that this is any kind of established metagame. It's just what we're seeing and things that we've learned by playing the game. I do believe that once once the game is live and we have tournaments and things like that, and we talk about other people playing in that way, we will have a true metagame. And that's where this um, video series will transition into more tournament coverage than it is um, currently just evaluating the cards and the game as is. So what is the meta looking like right now at a glance? Well, I can tell you, uh, when you play against random people online, most people are playing Amethyst Emerald. They seem to be the the, the biggest uh, color combination going on. The other game, the other uh, thing I run into a lot are Stitch-based decks. Um, so it's both Stitched Rockstar as well as uh, Stitch Surfer. So um, Amber starring in its own deck as well as Amethyst being its own deck with other uh, inks thrown in there are pretty much what I see most of the time whatever I'm playing. So it's pretty much Stitch-based Amber decks and Amethyst X. I actually don't see a lot of Amber Amethyst, um, but I'm sure that could be a combination as well. The things I'll say so far, what it seems in the game, is that card draw and card advantage are king. They're the biggest, what's flourishing in the game right now. You need to have some way of gaining card advantage, whether it's through card draw, pure card draw, like Friends on the Other Side, which is by far the most played and most powerful card you can be playing right now. Um, or Stitch Rockstar type situation, or, or Stitch Surfer also, but he just costs a lot, so you, it takes a while to get up there. Um, there's also virtual card advantage you can gain by your in-play cards or your in-hand cards gaining more than one on your opponent. What I can say about Lorcana right now is that you do run out of cards, and so you need to create both actual card advantage and virtual card advantage to get ahead of your opponent as it stands right now. I will say some of the new cards that came out... Um, Rush inborn on the cards as opposed to giving them rush with something like Pocket Watch um, has leveled the playing field a lot. Um, the other thing is now that there are new cards to interact with the board, it does seem like gaining an advantage on the board, which I call board advantage, has taken over over just rushing with all your lore. So just playing a bunch of uh, small characters out there and rushing uh, and getting to 20 lore as fast as possible without any consideration of the board seems to have fallen on the wayside to take advantage. Um, board advantage is more important right now. The other thing I'll say is Pascal himself in multiples is still um, kind of annoying and, and kind of uh, dominating, uh, even though we have some more answers to him. 
So what are the cards currently dominating that I'm seeing that are newer cards? So I'm not going to talk about like, you know, everything since the beginning of time, although there might be some on there. If my expect, my personal expectation of these cards, um, it's either reaching them or overperforming. So the first one by far is Rafiki. Um, I knew when this card was released that it was really powerful, obviously it being uninkable, but I think it's even exceeded my expectations. Um, Rafiki allows you to play the game completely differently. If you have one in your opening hand or in the first couple uh, couple turns of the game, you actually, in my opinion, don't even need to play like one drops, for example. Like he he is a source of virtual card advantage. It, he almost always two for one your opponent, um, or out of nowhere acts like a like a removal ability. Um, to me, in the current metagame, with there not being a a huge amount of um, evasives that are out there, he's pretty much just a smash in a better ink right now. Um, there's also Stitch Surfer, and he's really exceeded my expectations because when I first saw this card, I didn't think it was going to be as good as it is. But it's pretty easy to get his ability off. And in the in the later game, when you can draw two cards and your opponent is pretty much just in top deck mode, you just open yourself up to more options. The fact that he can also uh, quest for two lore and um, has pretty good stats for eight is kind of hard to deal with. So a lot of times you have to rush a lot of your characters into him. Um, because people aren't playing a lot of the bigger characters. So he tends to gain both actual card advantage and virtual card advantage. I've been pretty impressed um, playing with him and seeing him play by other content creators. He just seems to be doing more work than I gave him credit for uh, when he was initially uh, shown off. Uh, Genie on the job has lived up to my expectations. Um, the, the board advantage that he brings when he comes into play by bouncing one of your opponent's characters is obvious, but he's also a, a win condition because he has um, eva uh, evasive. So, I mean, you're getting basically a way to set your opponent back um, and and bring some advantage to the board as well as a win condition all in one card, and that's typically hard to find. Um, so I would say Genie is, is very powerful and worth the six-cost non-ink. Uh, I know some people have said maybe he sits in your hand too long. I totally disagree. Um, it's pretty easy to get him into play. You just have to be aware of how many non-inkables you're playing. You can see we've already gone over three cards, and two of them are non-inkable. Uh, Zeus is another uninkable. I actually wasn't that high on Zeus um, to begin with, but he's actually well exceeded my expectations. He almost all the time comes into play um, with his Rush and Challenger 4 and takes uh, banishes an opposing character. Pretty obvious. The issue is he always gets attacked back and then basically gets banished. So if you say... You know, you rush Challenger 4 into, like, a 3-3, three, three, for example. Um, he's a 0-4 then with 3 damage on him. Well, they're just going to run a little guy into him. Yes. But the way Warcana works, because you can only challenge um, exerted characters, basically what winds up happening is they exert into Zeus, and, even, and it's usually not a favorable trade to them. So if you think about it, for example, if you say, hey, like a, a, a two-cost Donald or a two-cost Mini that's down... And they wind up running their 2-2 for one back into Zeus after you already took out a 3-3. I mean, your 2-3 is just going to immediately free challenge the 2-2 and, and take it off the board. So basically what happens a lot of time is, yes, Zeus himself may not get the 2-for-1, but he enables the 2-for-1. Because it's very difficult, because you're already taking out a guy that's usually on cost or below cost. Like if he takes out a 3-4 four for 4, that's insane. If he takes out a 3-3 three, three for 3, that's usually really good. They usually... A t um, challenge back into him with a smaller character that you can easily take off the board with whatever else you have in play. 
Um, and if they have nothing in play, or if they have a card I'll get to later that can't even can't even take him out, you can always just chat. You can always just quest with him and get and get two lore, or you just hold them back. Um, if they're not playing steel, um, you can always just hold him back to take out a bigger character later. So you know it, it puts them in a very awkward position, and he's actually a lot better than I gave him credit for when he was first uh, spoiled. Uh, Cerberus gets that that um, that board advantage, so. Um, I know he doesn't seem like much. He's very vanilla, but five six for five is pretty gigantic. And the big thing about him is, on curve, he trades with Dragonfire or Let It Go. So you're not really losing a whole lot. And the fact that he's cheaper than Genie means that, like, you can use him. Uh, if you're going first, for example, you can use him to challenge somebody, um, and then they play Genie. You can just play him back out there. He's still gigantic. So it's not that big of a deal because he costs less than Genie. Yes, it's 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 not great to get him bounced back to your hand, but he's not. It's not like you're playing a seven drop and he gets bounced back. So he's because he's less than Genie and on curve with the bigger removal and gigantic to begin with. He's a huge source of board advantage. I'm very impressed with with the good little boy here. Um, I know this is crazy, but hey, hey has really impressed me. Um, I haven't, and I'll get to this later. I haven't been big on one drops to begin with, but hey, hey has play throughout the game um he very easily like you know uh you quest with him and then he turns mini into a three three he turns other uh you know three power guys into four power guys etc he just allows you to trade up the curve because the vanilla curve that exists right now is typically one more power than your cost and he basically breaks that synergy and and continues to live on and and i mean basically they have to run something into him or else he's just going to gain you advantage throughout the game um, I've been pretty impressed with the chicken. I, I know it's weird, but but he's actually really good. Uh, the last card is Aladdin, um, Outlaw. So he allows you to just get back into the game. Um, if you're playing a control deck, that's where I've been playing with him. You need the ability in, in, in some control strategies to, to stop your opponent from getting to 20 lore. And honestly, like he... If he just connects once, it's a four-war swing. And that's as you continue to put things on the board and they're in top deck mode, um, I play this a lot with like Amethyst Ruby. Um, basically, you're gonna set them back enough lore to be able to turn the game around, whether it's like, you know, even if it's like 16 or 17, it can be hard for them to get over that hump, and he just allows you um to maintain that presence, and he's pretty large. So um, Aladdin has a, is is pretty much the best card for Ruby right now, and the way that allows him to succeed. The cards that are underachieving for me personally, the small Simba has not been worth the card play. I know you get the card sifting, but personally, he just hasn't been worth it because his stats are so poor that combined with the other steel one drops that are also poor in terms of uh their their stats, I, I just haven't found them to be that impressive. His card sifting hasn't been that important. Um, you don't generally want to be discarding a fire of the cannons to get it back with four cost Captain Hook. So, like that that card draw that you could get out of him by by discarding something that you want to get back anyway. That's that's been the best uh, way to 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 make it his ability into pure card draw hasn't even been that good. He's just generally not worth the the slot in my opinion. Um, although I have tried to to do things like cheat the number of inkables I play and things like that he just hasn't been that impressive. Um, it's just not, he just can't gain any advantage on his own. So, um, the only time he's been really been that great is like in the Rockstar deck, because basically what you're able to do is try to sh more ways of just finding Rockstar, but be our guest has just been better. So we have to see on Zimba. He needs some help.
Um, this might be controversial, but if you know me in Twitter, uh, outside of Twitter, or in Twitter, I should say, um, you'll know I'm not a fan of Cheshire Cat. I don't understand this card. I don't understand the obsession with this card. Um, he he very rarely can trade up the curve because it makes no sense for your opponent to run a larger character into him. What winds up happening like 90% of the time is they, they send a one drop and a two drop or into him and he winds up just trading with a one drop. I mean, if he was just a three, three for three with two lore, he would take out the two, two, like the one drop and the two drop. It doesn't make any, like, I don't understand this card. I don't understand why people think it's great. Uh, I wish he was just a three, three with two lore for three. I, I don't, there's no way of forcing your opponent into him. It's very difficult to do things like play the beast is mine with him, the, with him being the only character in play. And again, get any kind of advantage out of it. I, I, I don't like this card. I, I don't like the fact that you, your opponent has so much, um, so much ability to dictate what is going to be um, banished by him. And I, I'm not a fan of him and I haven't seen him be all that relevant outside of just being a two or for three cost, which you could get with a lot of other characters. I, I in most Emerald X decks, I would probably just cut him for whatever the three, three, uh, two lore is like Kristoff or Jasmine and things like that instead of him. Uh, Mickey Mouse Detective. So I, I am a big fan of One Jump Ahead because it's a song and you can get it for free. But playing both One Jump Ahead and Mickey Mouse Detective as uninkables has been really detrimental to uh, Sapphire Ruby ramp. I think you just wind up with too many dead cards in the late game. Um, and it, I, I just haven't been impressed with him at all. He doesn't trade anything. His cost is too expensive. He, he's just not necessary when you have One Jump Ahead. I think you just have to bite the bullet. And only play one or the other because it's just too many do nothings in the late game. Uh, finally, Rafiki has made Prince Eric really, really poor um, because if the board is open on their turn three, let's say they went first with Eric, are, you can't just sit there all the time. Um, and you might even be able to hide the fact that you're playing Amethyst, so you quest with him, and then they just run Rafiki into him, and he only takes one damage. Like he's just not very good. Um, I'd rather him just be a 2-3 three for 3. I know he can swing up the curve, but that has become very difficult with the number of rush characters that are out there, and I just don't think he's worth it anymore. Um, I don't know that Steel has a better 2-drop right now. I don't even know if they have a 2-drop at all, uh, but he has not been impressive. The cards that are too soon to assess, um, to me personally, I want two twos for 1 have become much worse with Rafiki and Zeus being out there. I think you're just losing too much virtual card advantage in your hand by playing these guys out. Um, I still play them in my decks because there isn't a lot of things that are better. Um, and I have obviously ran into a lot of rush decks that use them, but I'm just finding them to be much worse um, as time goes on. I know they're quote walking fire the cannons, but it's just been a lot worse than it used to be. Beast as a four, four rush with two or for five has been impressive. Um, but he, the fact that he's uninkable, the fact that he's smaller than characters that are on his curve like Joomba, um, I still think you play him, but depending on your deck composition, you and if you, if you have too many uninkables, like an Amethyst Emerald, sometimes he, he just doesn't make the cut. Um, he He's fine as a 4-4 rush for 5, but his ability, I've literally never seen it come into play. Um, so I think he just needs more cards to make him powerful, and I'm sure they exist with more, um, more damaging abilities or damaging items that may come out or even characters that come into play and deal damage. But for right now, it's just too soon to assess 
because I don't think you're getting his whole ability. You're basically just getting a 4-4 rush with two lore for five. That's unequal. So it's too soon to assess right now. But he does see play. Um, I've never seen Donald uh, come into play. I think he needs to be in a very controlling deck. I'm not sure that exists yet, especially considering like Rafigi exists, uh, etc. But but I do think in a, in a heavy control shell, he may see some play. I've just never seen him in play. So I think it's too soon to assess because I don't think he's terrible. I just don't think he's great. And I don't think the card pool exists yet to really um, allow him to shine. Rapunzel, I don't think is as bad as she's gotten credit. Uh, like if people have put on her um she has really good stats uh i don't like the fact that she's uninkable and the taking uh, taking more away from your opponent can be somewhat relevant the thing about Lorcana is because you can only challenge exerted characters it, she actually comes into play and just sits there and can take out very good characters whether they're on curve or above like a latin's above her etc so i think she has some use and two lore and the other thing is, when they challenge into her, at that point of the game, a lot of times they're trying to do a one-for-one -one trade or a two-for-one trade. And if you if they do a two-for-one trade into her because she is a 5-4, you're still gaining virtual card advantage. So she's still fine. Um, it just comes down to whether there's enough room in your deck to play another uninkable, and I that's 5-4 it's for 6. But the two-war is nice. So I, I think it's too soon to assess. She needs more tools. But I have... Used her as a one of, and she has created some decent virtual card advantage for me. I just don't think she's like amazing or anything like that. So as it stands right now, and this is this is July third. Um, I'm just going to do a current ink rankings again. I know it's way too early, but this is just based on the metagame I'm seeing right now, the decks that are out there right now, and and my current assessment. I'm sure you can tell. Number one by far is Amethyst. The card draw, everything else, it's not even close to me. It, it's so far and above. So far and away, the best color, it's not even close to the next tier. Um, Amber second, because I think it can be the dominant color of an archetype, whereas it's whereas a lot of the other color, a lot of the other in colors at this point are basically just support colors. But Amber can carry a deck on its own with all the stitches. So I do think it's number two right now for dominating uh, um, an ink color. Third is Emerald. Um, it has the best, it has a great suite of support cards that fill in a lot of holes that Amethyst and Amber might have. and improves upon what's available for them now. Um, even some of the vanilla cards. So I'm a big fan of Emerald. Um, the card, it doesn't have a lot of cards that are out right now, but the ones that it has outside of, I don't mean, I guess it doesn't have a lot of one drops or something like that, but outside of that, um, it's it's a very powerful support color and has very good um, end game with, with Genie and Joomba. The next tier is your true support uh, inks. These these next two are really only used as support. They can't be used as main. Um, I'm a big fan of Ruby. I love Ruby's endgame. I don't have a lot of problems getting to seven and above. Um, I've even, you know, you might know I'm, I'm a pretty big monstrous dragon simp, so I really like um, the M, the Ruby endgame. I have no problem getting there, especially when, when paired with Amethyst. I don't think it's as good uh, paired with Sapphire. But but paired with uh paired with Amethyst, I've had no issues getting to the end game. Uh, Steel, I have under Ruby, although a lot of people play it. Um, I just find that the, that the damaging abilities that it has, you use them too often, and you wind up having cards in your hand. So if you're in an aggro deck, I can understand, but it's truly a support support ink, and I I don't think it it does as much as having. 
uh, pure removal out of Ruby or the characters and removal sort of board advantage that that, that Emerald offers. So I would put it below Ruby because I don't think it does anything that's unique. Um, it just has damaging abilities, but I don't think it's unique compared to other colors. Uh, finally, last, I'm sure you could tell, is Sapphire. So I, I don't really think Sapphire has anything going for it right now. It literally has two good cards in Let It Go and um, the Five Drop Aurora. Literally, that's the only thing it has going for it. It's not very impressive um, of, of an ink color at all and needs a lot of help, um, in my opinion. If you made it this far, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, obviously like and subscribe this video. As you know, we're having a contest uh, as, until we reach 1,000 subscribers. Every 100 subscribers, we're giving away a, a pack of Disney 100 sleeves straight from Japan. We have plenty of stock of them. You might have seen some new ones if you check us out on Twitter. Um, the only thing we're asking for is just put a comment in this as to, to what you thought about it, what you thought about this, this video in general. Give us your honest opinion as to how you like this. Um, and you, you'll be entered uh, uh, in every, you know, in the next 100 contests. So we look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks for watching.